0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 492. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Riley Bowman, and I have with me Mr. Jacob Paulson himself.
1: Yes. There can't be that many of them out there. I'm Jacob Paulson.
0: <laughs> we are uh, we're having Matt, or we're having Jacob on so we can talk about a recent article that he published along with a handy infographic um, that's been actually getting really good feedback, and uh, we thought this is this would be a great topic for the podcast. Uh, we want you all to to hear about this and make sure that you are. Doing your best to develop a sound mindset as it relates to your defensive strategies in life. Uh, This this is going to touch on a lot of things that we've preached on this podcast for years now, but uh, breaking it down into what I'm calling six guiding principles in, in a manner like this, I think is really helpful for people to understand. So yeah, that's the idea. That's the idea. The episode is sponsored, brought to you by CCW Safe. CCWSafe.com is, is the website. That's where you can find them. Uh, guys, you can use the, the coupon code CC Podcast to save 10% off of a CCW Safe membership, which I highly recommend. Guardian Nation members will save even more than that. So if you are maybe even interested in becoming a Guardian Nation member. You should look into that as well, and maybe even save more off of your CCW Safe membership. Uh, but uh, Jacob and I are both a uh, CCW Safe Ultimate members, and I sleep very well at night knowing I've got those guys,
1: um, you know, backing me up. Um, you know, ultimate is the name of the plan we have. Not that we are like extra special members. I <laughs> <laughs> just the way that sound is like we're we're ultimate, ultimate members. members. Yeah. <laughs> if
0: you want to be ultimate like us.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's the ultimate membership plan. Um, but, uh, you know, Jacob and I have had the pleasure and privilege of knowing and associating with the founders of CCWSA for years now, and we respect them. We we love those guys, actually. They're, they're really good people, uh, and uh, knowing them on a personal level, even, like, Helps me feel like it, it. just brings that reassurance. Like I know what they stand for. I know how they operate. I know what their values are, and this is the company you want to be associated with for self defense coverage of some kind. So, I strongly recommend CCW Safe. I believe Jacob does as well. You want to give your own personal quick what endorsement, you
1: said, man. We we are we are uh, unusually. Qualified to have an opinion on this particular subset of our industry, the self-defense insurance. And I I feel very confident that CCW Safe is the best option for anyone.
0: There you go. The man so saith.
1: So, um, guys, check out
0: ccwsafe.com again for regular folk. Uh Ucc Podcast to save 10% for ultimate folk, <laughs> become a guardian nation member save more <laughs> either way get the ultimate plan you'll you'll appreciate it um, all right the other sponsor of today's episode is is ammo supply warehouse.com uh, i've i've been in communication in recent days and weeks with becker over there he's one of the owners of ammo supply warehouse.com and just know that they are in a pinch like so many of us are in terms of finding and sourcing ammunition and getting it for reasonable prices. Uh, just recently, they had a pretty good supply of 9 millimeter that has just recently run out, but I know that they're getting more back in relatively soon. Um, the price is going to be higher than what you'd like to pay, but here's what I can tell you. With play Warehouse, you're going to save 5%, okay? Those of you that are Guardian Nation members... Right, and that's that's a good deal. Um, that, that that especially with as prices go up, five percent becomes more, right? <laughs> so, um, but they're working hard to make sure they have some stuff on hand and in stock. Uh, so, you know, keep checking back to their website. Uh, you'll see things come in, and make sure you're on their email list as well. Uh, they send out notifications when new stuff arrives. All right, Jacob, you put together this article. Developing and understanding a strong defensive mindset, along with an infographic, which we did have. You did have some input from the rest of our team here. Mm-hmm. You didn't like my ideas so much.
1: I, I denied care. one of your suggestions, <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is all right. I, I'm pretty pretty happy with the way the final result turned out. Um, and so we thought for today's episode, we'd kind of just go over this article and these. Uh, concepts behind you know the what what the components of a strong mindset for the armed citizen as the infographic is called what those are
1: yeah oh the ups truck just pulled up so my dog's probably gonna start barking but the, the the premise behind this this content piece for us for me was taking something that felt very intangible and organizing it into tangible thought we we talk all the time about how important mindset is and I've seen on more than one occasion. In fact, Riley attended a a presentation you put on a couple of years ago where you kind of had this uh, like triangle of importance and it talked about how we tend to focus all of our energy and all of our budget and our money on the things that are probably the least important in in having a successful outcome in a defensive encounter. Mm -hmm. So what often happens is, oh, there's the dog. Mm-hmm. So what often happens is we, you know, we, we focus on things like gear, uh, but, but, you know, gears now as probably important as, as tactics or skill or mindset and mindset is off almost always cited as the most important, most valuable thing, uh, in a, in a defensive encounter. Uh, however, how do I, how do I practice that? How do I train mindset? How do I build mindset? How do I have a stronger mindset? Like it just, it always has felt very intangible like okay awesome that it's the most important thing but what is it and how do i do it mm-hmm. and that that kind of led me on this this recent journey of trying to Nail it down, I guess. You know, uh, I, I hear people. I've heard. I've heard people talk about mindset. I, I, and I and in preparation for this, I went back and I watched a bunch of uh, Guardian Nation live recordings. I listened to a couple specific podcast episodes where I know it was a focus of conversation. I checked some websites for some of the best trainers that I respect, uh, who have blogs or, or content that I could go and reference. Um, and and so I read a lot of content, and I, I certainly a lot of references to mindset i mean tons of references to well you got to have a strong mindset or you know it, you'll make sure that mindset is everything but very little content on well what the crap is a mind what is a mind? what makes up a mindset uh, and what should it be and how do we build it and train it so that that's the like core premise is this idea that to me something was very intangible and i wanted to define it uh, so that i could train it and practice it
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah um that's actually a-
0: Fair question that you just asked. So like, what is mindset? Period. Uh, most basic definition, according to Oxford Dictionary, is the established set of attitudes held by someone. And I think that, I think that resonates pretty well. I mean, it, like the, the attitude, uh, one's approach, um, I think that kind of brings in somewhat one's values because your values inform your attitude about things in life, uh, generally speaking. Um, but yeah, I mean it is a like you said, it, it it's not something that is extremely well defined, especially in, in our industry. Um you hear people talk about it quite a bit, but really putting it together in a coherent format uh that's easy to understand and digest, uh, and talk about different aspects of it, so it's a great, great idea. It started with uh, coming up with some of these principles or components, and a lot of them started with the letter D. And it's kind of like, I don't know, we had this thing going for a while there where it was like everything, can we make everything start with the letter D? But it became clear that that was not not possible nor practical. But everything is in either D or A letter formats. Uh, so you could make this a long dad
1: or dad or data yeah (laughs) dad oh geez (laughs) yeah yeah it was i mean i started with the one that i felt most comfortable because most of the time when i'm searching mindset and i was studying it and i was looking at websites the most common attribute or reference to mindset is the word defensive so you see defensive a lot so i was like okay a mindset's got to be defensive what does that mean and that's the one i felt most comfortable with like i think i know what it means to be to, to To approach a situation defensive minded, meaning I'm I'm focused only on me, my outcome, defending me, defending my loved one, um, but and not worrying necessarily about the outcome of the other person. That that one was the most tangible, but I, I still think it re- it requires some explanation and thought. Um, but the others in the D D D D A A acronym. Um, more came as I really started to think deeper and and search harder and really decide like what are the other attitudes, the other components, the other behaviors that are consistent with a good mindset. So yeah, D defensive is the first and I think obvious starting point for, for me.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So, and and if you, in fact, I'm going to just share my screen here and let you guys, those of you that are, viewing this live you'll be able to see this i know that some of you may be listening to the audio only via the podcast
1: well we'll put a link in the show notes or something
0: absolutely yeah the link in fact i'll make a or you can we'll make a pretty link for this uh let's just make it concealed carry.com slash mindset sure yeah because this will be kind of i think a guiding uh you know kind of a foundational core uh article or or reference on our site um so defensive which if you look at the infographic just simply says below that primary objective is my outcome not theirs and i think that is really key like that's a, that's a perfect place to start like you said that's where it started for you and What I think about, I actually kind of think back to having Matt Little on the podcast uh, not too long ago where he talked, like I asked him about his um, article. He talks about math and like the way that he, you know, as he has used deadly force as a soldier and as well as as, as a cop, um, for him, it just came down to the math, like trying to remove emotion as much as possible from the equation so that it's just purely hey if they do a then they get b my response is b right if they do c then i do d and 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 the focus there is that it's it's all about like num- numero uno meaning not me it's not about me what i do to them it's not me trying to take a life or to kill somebody or anything like that it's purely about hey I was minding my own business, doing my thing in life here, and all of a sudden, you came into the middle of that, and you're trying to hurt me, right? All I care about is just removing that threat, removing that thing that you're doing that's trying to hurt me. When that's done and over with, then I'm I'm good. I'm moving on with life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot because, and I like to think of it this way, and I'm obviously trying to go for short, simple, easy to remember phrases, right? So primary objective is my outcome, not theirs, is very clean for me. It, it, it wholly summarizes the concept of a defensive mindset. Uh, it, it, I'll give you an easy reference point. We, we often, a common question that I'll get in a class or that'll come up in a web forum or something is the idea of, of the notion of shoot to kill. Uh, oh, we should, you know, and I think we have a dedicated episode somewhere in our archive of our podcast about the concept of, of shoot to kill. <clears throat> but we, we hear that all the time. Oh, should I shoot to kill? Or, you know, well, when I shoot, should I injure them in the leg? I don't want to take a life. Or should I fire warning shots first? You know, am I shooting to warn? Am I shooting to injure? Am I shooting to kill? Uh, what am I doing? The problem is that all of those notions focus on the other person's outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, whether or not the the threat, your attacker, whether or not they're injured, whether or not they are struck or not, whether or not they live or die, all of that is their outcome. And I don't, I'm not focused on their outcome, right? Whether or not they get arrested, whether or not they get caught, whether or not they get charged, whether or not they have justice, all of that is about their outcome. And a defensive mindset you don't care about their outcome you care only about your outcome or the outcome of the innocent person you're defending in the case of you know protecting my child or my neighbor or random person at the grocery store. So a defensive mindset is about my outcome or the outcome mm-hmm. of the innocent person and that means that I, I act in a way that's consistent purely with with maximizing the odds of my positive outcome. So my positive outcome, is I don't maximize the odds of my positive outcome when I chase my attra- attacker down the street to prevent their escape. I don't maximize the odds of my positive outcome when I expose myself out of cover in order to prevent them from uh, escaping or to submit them to custody or or whatever. I, I certainly don't maximize the odds of my outcome when I shoot warning shots or purposefully try to injure someone, right? I maximize the odds of my outcome when I act in the way consistent with my maximum benefit, which was, you know, the case of the whole stop to shoot, stop to kill, whatever thing. That's why we use the shop to shoot to stop uh, mantra because it's focused on my outcome, right? I stop the threat, whatever that looks like, because it, it it's my objective that I'm focused on, right? I'm shooting to survive, and and that's the key is this idea that you know my outcome is what matters. I, I wrote in the article uh, the three behaviors of a defensive mindset. Number one letting a threat escape when they're clearly no longer an imminent threat to yourself or others, not shooting warning shots and not aiming to injure, but instead acting in a way most congruent with stopping the threat, thus maximizing the odds of your own survival or the survival of a loved one. So to me, that's the first component of the strong mindset is defensive. And it means I'm focused on my outcome, not theirs.
0: Mm -hmm. Spot on. Uh you know, and you kind of touched a little bit on um, the phrase you said was something like "not concerned with nope. justice" or or something to that effect. And what I what I appreciate about that is one com- like probably the most common mistake we actually see when we're sharing justified save stories uh, once a month on the podcast. We commonly will we'll share. Typically, a story or two where people made mistakes, maybe even got themselves in trouble, in some cases, even arrested, um, that I believe these are people a lot of times started with good intentions. But at some point in this defensive encounter, they crossed a line. And a common theme that I've seen stand out from that, Jacob, is the attitude, you know, based on sometimes comments that are even made by these people, which May not be the smartest thing to be doing is speaking to media when you just were engaged in 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 situations like this. But a a common theme that has emerged are people saying things like, "What I couldn't let them get away," or uh, you know, stuff stuff related to preventing the the theft of property. I needed to stop them. Somebody needed to stop them. Um, That kind of thing. So. You know, that that is the that is a not an that is not a defensive attitude. I understand that people have this strong sense of justice in their lives. I do as well. That you don't want to see criminals get away with stuff. You want to see justice served. You because you know, inherently you believe that's the correct and proper thing. You may even believe that's what's best for your community, but it's not Our jobs as regular Joes and Janes, you know, regular Joe Schmo citizen to be trying to go above and beyond just stopping the threat that we're dealing with and then trying to turn it into an apprehension and a stoppage so that we can ensure those people are caught and brought to justice. That starts very quickly. Like some of that can be appropriate in certain contexts, but more often than not, what I see happen is it turns into almost a sense of vigilantism and then people cross lines and they get themselves legally in hot water.
1: And it's tactically unwise. Yes. Uh, A lot of the time, right? We're, we're speaking generally and acknowledging that there may be exceptions, but a defensive mindset means that you're just not concerned with their outcome. (laughs) You're concerned with yours. And so That means acting consistently with maximizing your survival.
0: Yeah. Uh, Next up. Do we kind of work around? Go to the right. Avoidance is next. So avoidance. I'll optimize my ability to avoid conflict and do everything possible to do so. I like that. Mm -hmm. Avoidance. I mean, if we can avoid being placed into a situation where... There is any sort of risk whatsoever, whether that is physical risk, physical harm, or legal risk, then I want to avoid that at all cost possible because the costs of of being engaged in a deadly force encounter frequently outweigh the benefit of engaging when I don't need to.
1: Mm-hmm. Or did I did that right? Anyway, you, you know what yeah. I mean yeah absolutely and I think I think avoidance has a lot of components sometimes it's uh like physical security is a part of avoidance right me trimming the the hedges outside the house and having good lighting is part of avoidance you know it's it's me minimizing the odds of of appearing to be a victim right so also like paying it like walking with my my head up looking confident. Um, you know, not not appearing to be a good vi- victim is, is also part of avoidance. But it's also things like not going to shady neighborhoods, you know, uh, filling up with gas, uh, it, it, you know, it, in, a, in an appropriate timeline so that I don't, I'm not caught downtown after a Rockies baseball game and have to fill up with gas at a nasty neighborhood because I'm going to run on empty before I get to a better neighborhood. Right. So so avoidance is this idea uh, of, of all those things. It's it's also, I think, and this is kind of what you were getting at. I think it's a huge element. It's not picking a fight. It's de-escalating situations, right? Avoidance is uh someone in the road, you know, says I cut them off and they're freaking out and give me the finger and I'm saying I'm sorry. Not screw you or it wasn't me. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm sorry, bro. And if they, you know, if we get caught up in an intersection, they come to the window I'm like, dude, I'm really sorry. Like tell me how I can make it up to you. Uh, what you know, what what if, I'm, I I don't know what I did, but I feel bad about it. Like it's it's apologizing. Avoidance is everything related to de-escalation and minimizing risk. Hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that de-escalation piece of it is something that more people could benefit from. Um, and, and to be fair, there is somewhat of a skill involved. Uh, As far as there are de-escalation techniques that can be taught and trained and learned, at the same time, like you just basically talked about uh, uh, a second there, Jacob, issuing an apology is the most basic form of de-escalation that doesn't require a whole lot of skill or practice. It's just simply using two words, I'm sorry. Now, to be fair, there are certainly uh, situations where apologies don't get you out of the situation, right? Uh, sure. That that uh, for whatever reason the other party is not willing to accept that is going to keep pressing the issue, that sort of thing. But it's worth a shot, and a apo- and, an, and and an apol an apology. Yeah, a lot of A's in a row there. And an apology doesn't cost you really anything. Um, oh other than maybe some of you may feel like it's a pride thing that, you know, you're admitting fault, even when it's not your fault, And that feels, you know, people don't like doing that. Maybe I get that, but would you rather be in a fight? Potentially one that's deadly because things escalate to that point or just eat some crow and say, I'm sorry and move on with life and then deal with, you know, the, the, the next thing, you know, plan B or whatever that comes if the apology for whatever reason isn't enough to do so. But we, we see so many incidents. I mean, a great example, the one that Matthew and I broke down a month or so ago, uh, this uh, terrible incident out of Pennsylvania, the neighbors fighting over snow removal. And the one dude just went totally crazy and killed his two neighbors and then committed suicide. Like that could have been avoided from the beginning.
1: Yeah. Think about the couple, the attorneys in St. Louis that, you know, got in the fight over the crowd that was headed to the mayor's house, you know, the supposed rioters or looters or mobsters or whatever, you know, go in house, close doors, done. Like the whole thing would have been over, but no, they, they did not have the mindset of avoidance. And and yes, there are skills. There's skills related with all these things, by the way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, but more important and more critical and more foundational than the skill and the tactics uh, and the gear. Sometimes it's related to any of these items is the mindset that this deep held desire to not want conflict, (laughs) to just want it to go away um, peacefully and, and, and and also avoiding situations where I have higher risk of conflict. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. Yep. The, the, Again, the common thing is you see egos and personalities getting in the way and, you know, this side does one thing and so this side does another thing and it just kind of keeps building on itself until it reaches reaches a uh, kind of a critical mass, so to speak, before it's, you know, going to blows or to weapons is almost unavoidable at that point. So we want to get ahead of that conflict before it gets too far down that road. So Avoidance, issuing an apology, de escalating are all pieces of that, of this particular piece of the pie. Uh, talking about, again, if you guys, uh, if you're listening to the audio only, go to concealedcarry.com forward slash mindset to uh, take a look at the infographic we're referencing for this. And you'll kind of see how these six components or principles are laid out kind of in a pie shape. Anyway, on to aware or awareness which is the next thing here and you touched on a little bit Jacob you know and we have to recognize that there is some crossover between sections of this you know this 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 pie you know as I don't know how to describe it this chart um you know part of being aware can then thereby enable us to avoid things right mm-hmm. if we're aware of something that may be coming then we can make the adjustment ahead of time to get around it. So what it says here is I will pay attention to my surroundings and study my environment awareness.
1: Yeah. So again, there's kind of a two halves of this coin, right? So the first half is just paying attention. It's just this, uh, you know, it's the good old situational awareness buzzword, you know, this idea that I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm grossed in my phone. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm my head's up. My chin's up. I'm looking. I'm using my eyes, and uh, especially when I'm in public, I'm, I'm just paying attention. That that good old situational awareness, which I found endless articles talking about mindset and situational awareness, and so awareness is a key here. But it, but it's more than just paying attention. It's also about studying the environment. Now, for example, someone who's who's practicing a, an aware an awareness mindset uh, also moves through transitionary spaces quickly with increased vigilance, right? They recognize that this is a point of vulnerability. So I need to be more vigilant. And I need to move quickly. Um, a person who, who's practicing a mindset of awareness is familiar with things like, uh, like the, in their neighborhood, they know the common entry and exit points. They know streets and neighborhoods. They know where the local fire stations are and police stations are. Um, they know where the, the fire extinguisher is and the first aid kit are at their church. Uh, they know where the exits are at the grocery store where they shop every week. They, they know on their commute to and from work um, you know where the bad, good neighborhoods are. They know where the police stations are. They know all those kinds of things. They they know at the restaurants that they like to frequent, um, which tables or booths may be most advantageous, and they know where the main uh points of egress are. Right. It's it's more than just I pay attention. It's also I study my environment.
0: Yeah, it it, it is that, and it is um also. Cultivating an attitude of avoiding distractions, right? So, you know, and, and I want to kind of bust a certain myth of sorts on this subject of awareness that, and I, I and I do feel like in our community a lot of folks attribute mindset to. Just this idea of well, I'm going to be situationally aware everywhere I go, right? Right. Head on a swivel, and while there's there's some there's certainly some truth to that. That that obviously I need to be looking around, paying paying attention to things, looking for patterns, um, you know, that kind of thing. That's true, and that is a big piece of this but you can't just say that i'm going to be so aware 100% of the time that nobody's going to be able to get the drop on me, nobody's ever going to be able to sneak up on me, nobody will be able to catch me by surprise or ambush me. Um, life's not that simple. No, it isn't. You, you nobody can be 100% situationally aware at all times. And no matter what, unless you're constantly like literally like turning around all the time, like you cannot watch 360 degrees. It's just not Possible. So um and and that's taken to an extreme anyway, because couple couple things. Number one, if you take this to an extreme, you can become very paranoid. And that's not that's not good for your mental health. All right. And that will change your perception of situations as well, which can actually set you up for failure in certain circumstances. Number two, um crap, I had number two. Where's number two? Where'd it go? Ah, Ding it! I, I had a great thought.
1: I had an awesome thought. It is gone. Well, while, while you're letting that come back into your mind, you're you're uh, incubating your your thoughts. To me, this idea of awareness is is about basic habits and routines. So it's just it's it's about being better than average, and it's certainly about having just core rules. For example, it's it's not complicated to have a rule of when I'm in public, I won't be on my phone. That's not complicated. That's not hard. Uh, yeah, I might check on occasional quick notification. Put it away. Oh, I can call that person back when I when I'm you know in a place that's less vulnerable. I can respond to that text message when I feel like it. I don't have to read the news as I'm sitting in the subway. Uh, I can just look up and be happy. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And um, so that's a basic rule, right? An easy to to build habit. It doesn't mean I'm paranoid. It doesn't mean I'm freaking out all the time. And and and. You know, there just has to be some balance. Some someone's mm-hmm. got to to recognize what's practical and what's not practical. Yeah. Um, and and I and to my point, I think that you can you can beat um, awareness to some degree by just studying the environment you spend your most time in, right? Just knowing, like I mentioned, church. Right? I I go to church almost every Sunday. Especially now that is starting to wane down, and so that's a building I spend time in regularly, frequently, right? Weekly. Uh, sometimes more than weekly, it seems like. So So there's me just knowing, oh, where the fire extinguishers are, where the first aid kit is, where all the exits are, what doors are commonly locked and unlocked, um, you know, all that kind of standard traditional stuff uh, is going to be huge. It's going to be a big deal, knowing how close the fire department is and how close to the, the lo- closest. That, that helps me beat situational awareness to some degree, right? It, it, it's like, I shouldn't say beat, so more I cheat. I'm cheating it by studying an environment I, I'm, I'm, I spend a lot of time in. And so you can cheat this a little bit by doing that uh, w- with these environments where you most frequently are. And, and most of us are pretty limited in scope to the places we spend most of our time. With little exception, you pretty much go the same places every day or every week. We go grocery shopping at the same grocery store. I go to the same handful of restaurants all the time so you can you can cheat aware the aware the a, a mindset of awareness by also knowing the environment mm-hmm.
0: yeah, um all great points, and I do remember where I was going a moment ago. I'm gonna come back to that after I just kind of add something to what you said, which was that uh what what you're basically talking about here is how we can. Make our, I guess, scanning, if you will, or or that awareness of an environment more efficient, because we can recognize where the the most likely threats may come from or emerge from, or take strategies that uh, relatively minimize my risk based on on you know where I'm placing myself or where I may be, so that I you know I only need to keep you know you, it's all about mental bandwidth essentially right it's like how much am I trying to keep in my head and be aware of it at all times and if I can find strategies to reduce the amount of bandwidth I'm taking to still have some level of, of awareness and be mindful of my surroundings and then, then that's that's a good thing um, you know you touched a little bit some more on on getting paranoid and taking this to an extreme and I just wanted to say that so many of these things like we're talking about strong mindset right like what kind of person would you be if you aren't able to have fun, or to really be in the moment, in the pre, you know, in the present with like people you care about, your family, for instance, friends, uh, even coworkers? If you are so
1: hyper vigilant,
0: yeah, like you're just so engaged in this awareness piece that it's actually taking you away from or removing you from. The other social things that you're actually supposed to be doing in that moment. And so, again, the key is is balance, right? Like, you you can get so caught up in what you're doing uh, socially or on your phone or whatever that it removes your awareness from the environment almost entirely. You can be so aware that you, conversely, aren't even enjoying yourself. So we got to strike that balance. We got to strike that, that balance as people just in general in our lives. Um, and the final thing was, and this is what I was, this was my number two that I lost a moment ago. And that was that if you are hyper vigilant and your head is truly on a swivel, that in of itself can be a cue to an attacker, a threat, an enemy, hmm. right? What's this dude? It's like constantly like, you know like you will stand out in a crowd if that's you head on a swivel turning looking at everything you know and like everyone so um you know being a gray man is also important you know bl- trying to blend in because that again is going to reduce your risk profile all right so i know that's kind of not really talking about awareness but it's just talking about be beware of being too hypervigilant
1: right uh, it's a mindset of awareness yeah But like all these things, it has to be practical, which is kind of just to digress a little bit. That's kind of the point of this. The point of this is when you understand these aspects of a good mindset, it allows you to identify where you need to work. Like if you think that I'm really good at all six of these that we're going to discuss today, you're wrong. I have some pretty significant um, weakness points that I got to strive to work better. And I identify what are the behaviors that I need to change uh, in order to strengthen those aspects of my mindset.
0: Yeah. So what's next, Jacob?
1: All right. Next is determined. And this one also comes up quite often This uh, in some of the content that I was researching. I, this one was more often referenced. But a determined mindset is a person who's committed to doing whatever is necessary. Uh, I think in the infographic, the words are, I'll do whatever it takes to achieve the objective. So it says, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll do whatever it takes to achieve the objective. So th- this this means that I I'm not going to hesitate. You know, we we did we saw a justified save story not too long ago uh, where hesitation, this this inability to commit to action, caused problems. Right. When someone draws a gun and they're just unwilling to actually take action. We've seen a handful of s- situations where an attacker has has just straight up taken the gun out of the hands of the armed citizen, uh on uh, what's the word look for With, without any real physical objection, like mm-hmm. just unhampered, just like, oh, oh, you took my gun? Okay, here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this lack of commitment and determination. And I think. This is, this is probably one of the more difficult ones to build because it, it's, it's, it's just a little bit more intangible than maybe the other five uh, components of the mindset. But a determined mindset means that I'm going to do what it takes. I think there's a handful of things though that, that are uh, critical or that can be done. For example, I think, I think a person who has a really determined mindset, they take place in a lot of force-on-force training. So they can study how defensive skills are applied in a self-defense context, right? They it, it, part of that, like stress inoculation and, and wanting to be uh, prepared to do a stress is part of being, uh, having a determined mindset of having this, this sense of control and confidence that I will act and I will do what is required. Um, I think, I think uh, competitive shooting, arguably, is is something that that helps with a determined mindset. I think studying and reviewing real-life news stories, like just listening to this podcast when we do our DGU episodes or watching YouTube videos or other resources where someone uh, provides and or analyzes uh, DGUs, defensive gun uses, or or other self-defense incidents that don't involve a gun, that's going to help you just understand the reality of the fight better and help you really understand what you're committing to uh, when you commit to being a guardian, when you're going to go out there and do what's necessary and what's required. And I think that it's also just about kind of a general attitude in life about not giving up, pressing forward and being uh, unwavering, right? In your, in your determination to, to do this properly and correctly. And I don't mean carry a gun, carrying carrying a gun's behavior. I mean the, uh, the objective, right? The objective of winning, of surviving, of coming out conqueror or victor. I mean the objective of not dying or being grossly injured because of your own negligence, something you could have prevented had you been on it. Right. So I'll do whatever it takes to achieve the objective.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, uh, you were talking about how this is probably one of the more difficult pieces of this mindset to, uh, to work on or to develop because this is something that I think it's a little bit more closely tied to the makeup of an actual person, uh, someone's personality, and and you know just like you see people, certain people are just a little more determined, especially where physical or or aggressive things come into play, right? Because just by the nature of being a more aggressive person, you're probably going to be a little more determined. In uh, you know achieving your objective when things mm-hmm. get violent, mm-hmm. um, I do think you know and actually an interesting comment here from Hopper on Facebook. He says he references mental rehearsals, and at first I'm like, well, I don't know that that really does a whole lot for your determination. Like going through mental rehearsals of situations, I don't think makes you more determined, but or committed but i do think that one thing that we see is when we have a uh, a more clear path or way forward in a situation then it enables us to be more decisive and therefore more determined in our response so predetermining ahead of time like certain responses knowing how you might handle certain situations ahead of time, like that, that has great value. So you're not trying to flip on a switch and figure it out in the moment. Mm -hmm. You want to try to, as much as possible ahead of time, go, Hey, if, if A happens, then here's my B response. And we have to recognize that all those things are contextual because obviously no response should be truly probably, you know, automatic in in a lot of these kinds of situations because every situation can be different. One thing that definitely can help with this is engaging in sparring in martial arts, in uh, force on force training, uh, because the, the the broader experience that you can you know have you know that you can possess, and we were just talking about this not that long ago. Actually, this, this reminds me of a conversation we had on the podcast not that not that long ago. But but the more, yeah, you and I just talked about force, force on force last week, right? Um, the more of that experience you have, then you can draw upon things that you've already experienced, even if they're not a perfect correlation for the situation you find yourself in now, but you can go, Oh, Hey, this is a pattern or this is similar to this other thing that I recall that I experienced. And so anyway, any of that kind of stuff, I do think the mental rehearsals is a part, a piece of this. I think looking for opportunities to engage in, some kind of martial combat, you know, of sorts, uh, uh again, martial arts, BJJ force on force and all that I think can help prepare you to be more committed, to be more decisive, to be in that. And that therefore I think leads to greater determination.
1: Yeah. I, I love, um, I love uh, the way John Lovell put it once in a conversation. I can't remember if it was a podcast that we had him on or if it was a Guardian Live, but it was a conversation with the three of us, you, me, and John. And he said something to the effect of, you know, before the fight comes, I, I have to be a good human. I have to be concerned with, you know, having good attitudes and being compassionate and uh, good manners and being polite, you know, the poet side of his little warrior poet kind of parable, right? But, but when I flipped the switch, when the switch gets flipped, I'm a warrior. It is game on. I will win. I will do anything, whatever is required to have victory. That's what I'm going to do. And just try and stop me, right? And and I I, I love like when I was going back reviewing things, I found I remembered him saying something like that, and I went back and I reviewed it. And I love that, right? This idea that I'm I'm practicing the and building the mindset that will allow me, when the switch gets flipped. To turn into a different person, to do what is ever required, right? Like to just go win now, watch out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's move on now to disciplined is our next uh, topic here. Uh, And it says here, I will put in the work to develop, refine, and maintain skills making learning a part of my lifestyle.
1: Yeah. So a disciplined mindset means that you're committed to continuing forward in your journey of, of, of gaining better knowledge, skills, and tactics. It's this idea of progression Uh, and not progression. Like when it's convenient progression as a mindset, right? As a, as a part of who you are, this, this idea that like a deep part of your core central belief is that you must progress and do it consistently, uh, almost programmatically. Uh, it, programmatic is a word, in case anyone's wondering. So, so what does that look like? Right, like a, a person who's disciplined is probably subscribed to this. Like people who listen to this probably have very good uh, disciplined mindsets because at least what we know about you is that you're probably a person who subscribes to a podcast and you're listening to it regularly. So that's a that's part of being disciplined in your approach for improvement, right? Whether it's podcasts or YouTube channels or reading a magazine when it comes in the mail or, or some combination of those things, whatever way you prefer to learn, but making a learning part of lifestyle is is a, a key element of a disciplined mindset. Um, having regular training and practice, right? The sense that, oh, I'm going to dry fire twice a week. I'm going to go to the range uh, once a month, and I'm going to take a class twice a year. You know, like if you have a programmatic approach, or at least a consistent outcome relative to how you you train and practice, that's a key element of a disciplined mindset. Uh, a, a person who's disciplined measures their skills against recognized performance standards. Right. So, so if I go to someone like, Hey, so like, what's your draw to first shot? What's, what's your bill drill? Like, do you have any sense whatsoever for, you know, Europe? Can you hit a target at X yards with what? It, like, if, if all the answers are, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, then that's hard to, you probably don't have a very disciplined mindset because you have no idea where you stand. Right. And if you don't know where you stand, then you're not measuring improvement. If you're not measuring improvement, then you don't have a disciplined mindset. Right. You're, you're uh, also, I think, and this is, this is one I think that we fail at a lot in the fire industry as instructors and trainers. And uh, we fail to communicate this, but someone who's disciplined in their mindset has, a, has a disciplined mindset defensively is well-rounded in all areas of survival, right? Their physical conditioning and health, martial arts, hand-to-hand combatives, medical trauma care, survival, emergency preparedness. You know, I lost power here for a little while a weekend or so ago, and we had some colossal snow apocalypse <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was like, Hey, it's cool. Like I got this right. I mean, I I could have been more prepared. I, I learned some things from it, but, but it's that general thing of like, no, I am, I am, I am prepared. And I'm working all the time to gain it. On Monday night, me and my family, we got out our bug out bags. What we we just call them seventy two hour kits, right? Meant to sustain us for seventy two hours. We we do this every year or two. We got them all out, replace the clothes that don't fit anymore, identify the things that are missing, you know, replace the batteries that are dead or whatever, right? It's it's that that's part of being having a disciplined mindset. And it's it's also about this. My I know I've been talking for a while. It's also about a serious study of self defense law. It's about really. um knowing that piece, right. It's, it's about learning and knowledge. And and, and in addition to tactics and and tools, it's also about the law. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I I think the biggest piece of all this for me personally is I I really find myself gravitating to the, you know, making sure, making learning a part of your lifestyle, like that you're never done learning. Um, I sense that, and actually, I think doves tail nicely with the next component of a strong mindset, uh, which is diligence or being diligent, and and it references the threat of complacency. Well, I find people tend to get more complacent when they just get comfortable with where they are, right? And this, I I think, applies in so many areas of our lives. Um, If we're constantly striving for improvement, striving for being a well, a more well-rounded person, uh, striving for excellence, then I think it becomes difficult to become complacent, right? Whether that's with our gun handling, whether that's with, I don't know, whatever uh, you're driving, even, you know, like we probably, we probably all have experiences that we could draw upon that where, you know, I did something because I was complacent in my driving and it nearly caused an accident or it, Or I was in an accident and it was because I was complacent or whatever. Um, I can think of lots of examples like that for me personally. But if we're constantly striving for improvement and for knowledge and education, then we don't really give ourselves a chance to get comfortable with where we are. And the more we know, the more we're going to realize we don't know. That's you know it's kind of the old you know it's the Dunning Kruger effect and it's so true I've proven it out in my own life again and again and again, you know looking back just where I was two years ago five years ago ten years ago, with what I knew to be true and understood in my world like it's t- like I, I I would almost laugh at myself I I used to think that I believed that and I thought I was a hot dog like I thought I knew stuff, but as you continue striving for greater knowledge and and uh, excellence just in in life in general like you will continue to keep that Dunning-Kruger effect at bay that that danger of thinking you know everything when you really don't
1: yeah I, I love that I guess my last thought on on disciplined it's one thing to have this like emotional commitment to ongoing learning, training, practice, and preparedness. Very noble and good, but but the key, I think, one like the the core underlying foundation of disciplined mindset is that you have a systematic approach to do those things, a systematic approach that's built into the lifestyle that actually causes it to happen. Right, like a a person who has a strong disciplined mindset can tell you the next three to five courses they want to take or trainers they want to train with and why right? A disciplined gun owner has a list of books they want to read and they can tell you what defensive skills they know they need to work on the most. Um, they're, they're not just aware, but they're proactive in the development. They are enrolled in a class. They are in the middle of a book, right? So it's, it's about the systematic approach. They can tell you how often they go to the range and and when the, you know, when their next range session is going to be. So it's, it's about the life, like baking it into the lifestyle in a way that it's routine that's what makes it disciplined. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yep. Cause, cause it requires that constant discipline and work to, to maintain any sense of growth. Last thing here is, and I kind of teased it a moment ago, diligent. And it says, I will carry every day and work against the threat of complacency.
1: Diligence. So diligence Means that you're not relaxing or you're not choosing to not engage. So, and this is probably one that I struggle with uh, of late. This is one that, that for me has been weakened that I gotta I gotta step up. I have to do better, uh, in my opinion. So, I think, I think for me, the, the takeaway here, like a key behavior, is that you actually carry your tools wherever legally able, and that you don't take a day off. You don't say, "Oh, today I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to relax in the house. I'm putting on my gym shorts and I'm watching Netflix." Um, that's not diligence. Like a diligent gun owner doesn't wear clothing or participate in activities that exclude the gun. Now, that's not to say that you know you can never go to the beach again. It just means that you you have a plan of approach. You don't say. Ah, well, you know, when I go to the gym, it's too big of a pain. So I leave the gun home. I'll put it on when I get home, or I'll leave it in the car when I go to the gym. Now, you have a plan for when you're at the gym. You know, it may not be as ideal when you're at when you're other places, but you have a plan. That's that's kind of the point, is this this idea that you're really not not you're engaging. You're always engaged. I think that that that's the key of diligence. This idea that there, you're you're not taking a day off, you're not taking an hour off, you're you're not slacking. You're you're on it. You're ready to go, and you're engaged. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I I uh, this is where I maybe differ a little bit with you in some respects, just from like the overemphasis on the gun as being the tool. Um, now as a general practice, I carry a gun every single day, uh, because one I can, it's easy, relatively easy for me to do. Um, now it'd be really easy for me to not carry a gun because I do spend an inordinate amount of time, like a unusual percentage of my time compared to most folks, uh, in my home and certainly a place of comfort and general safety that it's easy to get a little bit comfortable and complacent and just go yeah i'm 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 just going to lounge a little bit now i i i think my there there's a couple different ways of looking at that i mean just cuz i maybe don't have a gun on my person at home i could have other strategies in place sure but you're you're to, actively
1: engaged that's the key here right mm-hmm.
0: yeah and and but my the the rule that i follow just personally speaking is that where possible i'm always carrying a gun and other defensive tools, and that is the other key here. and you you did say this this here. You said that like a good diligent gun owner doesn't wear clothing or participate in activities that exclude the gun or whatever defensive EDC tools and actions they feel are important. So um, again, it, yeah, like i I get that. i I try to. I, I generally try to dress in a manner that allows me to carry a gun relatively easily. Now I also recognize and respect other people that for them it's more important to look good. Um, because maybe that's that's a, a an important part in their life. Like looking good reinforces other aspects of their mental and psychological health. Or might be required for their job. Or that, you know, so there's all kinds of reasons. So so it just comes down to that. If I'm diligent, I'm not looking for excuses to get complacent. I, I don't know how it's a word. it. Like, that's the thing is like making excuses is the enemy of diligence, right? You, 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 you explain things away too easily. You go, well, I could do this one thing, which would be better for for my health and safety. But, uh, that sounds kind of hard. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this other thing, you know? So don't make excuses is kind of how I, is what I take from this the most. Um, sure. Always remain keyed in, clued in, you know, switched on um, and not looking for opportunities to take the shortcut or the easy way out.
1: Yep. Yep. Active act engagement, right? This I like that you said it's kind of the opposite of complacency. I think about it self-justification. You you said excuse making. I, I you know maybe that's yeah. the same thing, but yeah, you, you can't self-justify not doing what you know you should be doing.
0: Yep. Yeah, and that that's that's important. Uh, as human beings, we like to justify things all the time, meaning find excuses for stuff. <laughs> that it we really are saying the same thing, Jacob. And, and that is—it's a natural human behavior uh, that I think is unique to humans because of our ability to reason and, and stuff, uh, as opposed to you know other animal life typically on this on this planet. But um, the danger of that is where where a uh, where uh, an impala on you know in Africa is constant, like is always ready for that attack by lions um, and, and is hardly ever, you know, like, like it's always like, that's a part of their life. Like they, they don't, they don't go, well, you know what I could just, you know, hunker down in the house. Like you said, Jacob, and you know, start the fire and sit there, and, you know, get all comfortable and watch Netflix for the weekend. I um, <laughs> uh, got the dog there again. Um, So, it It is something that we, as humans, I think are uniquely have to deal with. and so let's let's not be complacent. Let's not make justifications for less than stellar performance and life choices.
1: Indeed. um, we have had a lot of people ask us uh, both here why we've been live as well as otherwise on the site about you reusing this infographic. So if you're a firearm instructor, or someone else who you know you feel like you'd have some application to use this infographic that's on the website about mindset, certainly know that you're allowed to do that. Uh, you know It's got our website in the middle. It's got our website at the bottom. As long as you don't alter it, you're good to go. Go to town. Um, Riley made the suggestion here privately that we should probably have posters printed <laughs> and people might want to buy them. I'm not opposed to that. So maybe that's something we'll do in the future as well. And If so, the, the article will be updated accordingly.
0: Yeah. So there you have it the components of a strong mindset for the armed citizen. The article again, titled developing and understanding a strong defensive mindset. Uh, so we, this is like, uh, this has been a, a theme of our podcast since the beginning about being defensively minded uh, about being good human beings, making good tactical and legal decisions because at the end of the day, we all want to make a home to our families safe and secure. We, and we want to avoid legal drama and hassle and expense. Uh, and also avoid the risk of landing ourselves behind, behind bars because we make bad decisions in the moment. So don't be only about the moment. Be planning, like a lot of what we've touched on here today, Jacob, means like planning and preparing for the future, which requires work and diligence and discipline, right? You see all that tying in and uh, means always seeking to improve ourselves, both in physical skills and also in our knowledge and experience.
1: Absolutely. So that's a big dad from us. <laughs> defensive avoidance, uh, defensive avoidance, aware, determined, disciplined, and diligent.
0: There you have it. Guys, we appreciate you for being here with us for another episode of the Concealed Carry Podcast, uh, episode 492, hard to believe. And uh, hopefully you got something out of this. And if you thought it was of value, maybe you might consider sharing it with family or friends and help uh, others uh, become enlightened and better prepared. Uh, we'll be back here next week with more content from us and the team here at concealedcarry.com. Don't forget that today's episode sponsors were CCW Safe. You can check them out, at ccwsafe.com. And then also Ammo Supply Warehouse, supplywarehouse.com. And so with that, we're going to let you go. A reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care.